Welcome to the Punnets Preamble. I'm Simon Dinopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blenko, one of the highlights of the year, the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. No surprise that the top-rated horse racing anywhere in the world lines up in it. He does. The seventh season of Nature Strip, his seventh year on the track. The last four of those have been Group 1 winning years. The last three of them he's been the highest-rated horse in the country. The first three of his years on the track were the back end of the Winx years. So ever since she departed, he's been the number one horse in Australia and he goes round again on Saturday for 2023, looking to make it year number five. And I suppose that's the big question. It's a big race, the Lightning. It's always a big race, but it's a big race this year because he's there to sort of answer. Oh, he's got a bit of a question to answer, doesn't he? Mm. Is there going to be another another year of Nature Strip at the top or is he ready to move on into the sunset? Has the age curve caught up with him. Mm. He's very interesting on, uh, so he's the top rated horse. He very, very easily could have been the Dunno as well, although that's a category he could have filled for much of his career, yeah. I suppose. He's always, he always sort of presents a similar conundrum for punters. And it, it sort of doesn't matter how strong or weak a lightning is because races are run and won at his mercy. Yeah. If he's on, it, it doesn't really matter whether it's a good or a bad lightning because his on is better than anything we've had since Black Caviar and, you know, one of the better sprinters we've ever had. Uh, and his record stands up you know, against a host of, of top-line sprinters. But, yeah, as I said, he's he's never really a question of talent. He's, he's just a question of whether he's on or off. And I, as you know, I think attempts to fit that to a pattern have... Failed made, miserably. They've made people look stupid for a long, long time. I think it's... He is a bit of a guessing game on, on that front. I don't think there's any one particular thing that, that suits. He's one for three in the lightning. Does he... Have you got a vibe going into Saturday? The odds as well are a coin toss. For me, That I I must admit, I see no value in the betting. What price point gets you interested? Not the dream price, but an actual price. Uh, if he got out past 250, so if we go from 50% to you want to give me 60-40, You're in? I, I would start having a, a pretty serious think about it, yeah. I don't love the inside draw. I don't care about that. I know you don't. <laughs> But as you know, not a horse you want to hustle and bustle early. Inside draws can, yeah, can get a bit sticky for him. <laughs> I love the look on your face. You jump in the shadows, mate. <laughs> he just has to, you know, J-Mac knows the horse. He knows. He, he figured out a long time ago how to go about this. When they're zinging around Randwick, sometimes he can get hustled and bustled because they worry about getting in, like not, you know, just camping out deep or whatever. But... He'll jump out, he'll take his time, there's good speed in it, he'll let it go in the first quarter, or the first third, I suppose, and then he'll he'll slowly pick them up, and if he's on, he'll beat them. If he's not, he won't. Who is 50, the 50 odds, there you go. There's <laughs> your is Cool and Gatter the danger? Is she second pick? I think so. I didn't, as I said, I don't see, obviously, the across the boards at the moment, best price is probably, what, about 120%, so it's going to be hard to, to beat those markets, and particularly in let's try and beat those markets with horses we know everything about is, is sort of, well, not everything, but uh, it's it's pretty tapped. Yeah, I've got her as the next most likely, but again, I don't see any value in what's been dished up at the moment. I wish I win is pretty interesting in there. Mm. I don't think he's, well, naturally, he's not a thousand metre horse on what we've seen so far. And I'd be pretty surprised if that changed on Saturday and all of a sudden we were saying he's a thousand metre horse, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ran really well. It's the new market trial. If he runs well on the weekend, he's probably going to be hard to beat in that feature. Yeah. Or well, moment of change. Run a couple of screamers in this as a seven furlong horse for Moody. So I'll 
guarantee you that's what's in the back of his mind going there. Ball is targeted here, good straight horse. Couldn't tell you he's over the odds. So if we price Nature Strip up off, I, I don't think many people surely are pricing him up off his sort of TJ level. No. Well, you, if you are, you're having a hell of a bet. Yeah, I, and I think it's sort of – so we're pricing him up really off his spring form, which is even money instead of shorter. And I think that's a reasonable thing to do. But if he is in that just that spring form, if that even money in the market is right, then Bella Nipotina's Manicado win can scare the life out of him. But, of course, that came over 1,200 in heavy ground. Was it heavy? Close enough. I think it was heavy. It looked like it. Yeah, and it looked a bit of a one-out. Outlier. Outlier of sorts. And this is 1,000 metres and it's 35 degrees in Melbourne. So surely it's if <laughs> it's optimistic to uh, to be pricing Nature Strip up off his peaks, but it's hugely optimistic to be doing the same of Bella Nipatina, Rock and Horse, another Group 1 winner in the spring. Underrated in the market? I think she's I think she's about correctly rated, to be honest. But it's hey, she's got a record. And she's got a string of even her losing ratings behind um Baller and Private Eye there, I don't think are they're at again at the mercy of Big Red, but they're not hopeless, are they? And then Marabi again, probably optimistic. Yeah, she falls into the Dunno category. She's really. a bit of a Dunno. Three hundred and thirty days. But she's a bit of a flyer, isn't she? And she's as good as cooling. I'm saying cool and get as the the horse most likely if it's not Nature Strip and her best is as good as Cool and Gatter's best to this point. So I kind of wish Nature Strip wasn't in it. Good betting race without him. Great yeah. betting race without him. Well, yeah, it's in that case it wouldn't have been getting the highest rated horse nod, but it certainly would have got the done O nod. Oh, hundred percent for this weekend. So I feel like last podcast last week's podcast was a lot of done O and we've probably just thrown a lot of shade on the on the lightning as well. But I, one thing I do know about it is it's one hell of a sporting contest and I'm really looking forward to to seeing Nature Strip step out and see if he can win a group one in the fifth consecutive year, which obviously Winks did. Black Caviar only won group ones in four consecutive years. Takeover only won group ones in four consecutive years, but five overall. He had a gap year. More joyous one group ones in four years. Have I missed who's been a really reliable group one horse that'd be nudging that? So he's out to join Winks as five straight years winning group ones. That's a massive hat tip to his longevity and consistency, isn't it? For yeah. a horse that many of Chautauqua didn't race that long? Uh Chautauqua was three years. Happy Clapper? Good question. I didn't think about Happy Clapper, but did he win group one? He probably didn't get win a group one until he was several years he in. He won back to back Epsoms and Yeah, so he would he might have gone two or three, but I'd he wouldn't have gone into five. and no, I'd doubt, five is, I'd doubt four. So yeah, Five is very hard to be at the top for that long. Haylist was one group ones in three years and was, was on the scene for that long. But, yeah, nature's blown them apart and now he's looking for five. So if he gets to five, he joins Winks and without having scoured the database, I, I suspect that's pretty rare air. Have to be. I mean, and Winks is yeah. infamous for her longevity. Yep. So if, you know, if he's joining her, good on him. He'll be remembered for a long time as well, Nature Chip, because even when he was dominant, you are still able to get a bet. You know, you were saying you love Animo because he's backable, because he's beatable. Well, Nature Strip is beatable and therefore backable. Mm. In fact, he's been a fantastic betting horse over the years, both ways. Yep. He's been great to back, he's been great to lay, he's been great to have an opinion on it, he's been a great pub horse. Good on him. Good on him. I'm sure many people listening now have had that point where they're a genius backing Nature Strip and at the other point they got egg on their face. I think everyone's <laughs> been that way with him. How many times on Twitter.com have the duffers tweeted that stupid balloon pop thing yeah. about Nature Strip. And here he is, still going. I remember in the media room I was told he couldn't win a 900-metre race at Queenbeer. Yeah, well, he's just a Melbourne skunk. Yeah. yeah, so was Black Caviar at one point. Wait until Black Caviar sees Melito and Hot Danish, mate. 
Yeah, she saw him briefly in the rear view. <laughs> oh, give us your BC stat. I was looking at it. So Nature Strip has now run over 139 times on the bounce. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Which is, an, again, a huge testament to, to how reliable he's been. Wink signed off with 37 of them, but she dipped in the light fingers. But she did run over that number more, to 41 times overall. She yeah. she broke 100, so he's still got a couple more. He's got a few runs left in him. He should... Yeah. I tell you what, I, I'm sus on whether he wins. I'm 50-50 on whether he wins on Saturday, but I'm very confident he'll break 100. Yeah. Things that have to go pair. Black Caviar never dipped below 100 in 25 starts. Didn't have as many starts as Winks and Nature Strip, but she didn't dip below 115 <laughs> in her whole career. Um, Kicked off with a one, went 115, 120, 115 in her first three starts and then didn't dip below 122. Yeah. And a couple of those wins she was hurt. <laughs> She's still running over 122. She was um, unbelievable. Yeah, she was. She was ridiculous. She was ridiculous, and she ran over 130 11 times. Yeah, Nature Strip, I think five. So halfway there. Halfway there. He won't. Uh, he won't get. He won't get there. But um, he's been outside of Black Caviar. I mean, Winks is in a different category with the. You know, she's yep. she's off being compared to. Kingston Town and Tullock and what have you, and Black Caviar has been compared to Vane and Manicato. And I don't, Nature Trip doesn't fit in there, but he's at the pinnacle of the next wave, isn't he? He's number two. He's a significant horse, and he should be applauded onto the track and offered on Saturday. Yep. But more importantly, betting. We've got a uh, Dunno. We do have a Dunno. You touched on it. So the Lightning, 10 of 11 horses are first up, which makes it very hard to have a strong opinion. Yeah, that is the nature of the Lightning. Same. But it's the nature of the week. And weekend. I tend to have a strong opinion in it. Yeah. Although this year I don't. So there you go. But I think last week, especially in this week, you get the better horses coming back. They're all first up. It's you know hard to have concrete views, I feel. And hopefully we won't have as many dunno's going forward. But yeah, the lightning certainly fits that category. Another dunno, which is an interesting one from a betting perspective as well, is King's Gambit. So he gets rolled at a dollar thirty. And then he comes out and now he's 260 against what I would say weaker opposition. I think the true price of his last start wasn't that short. But then... It's somewhere an, in the middle. They've overreacted last start in terms of how short he started. But then I think they've overreacted again here on the weekend given the price he is on Saturday. Yeah, you you make a compelling case. He's a good dunno. Yeah. He's a good dunno because 260, is that 260 we're saying? And you know probably a bit better than that. It makes him a very interesting... Gamble, you can. That's bettable. That's bettable. You can back those odds. I think. Yeah, you say. How much do we react to to last start? So, my, just putting a number on it, running a number up. I'm saying it's about right, but at the same time, I'm only saying it's about right because I'm, or you know, the model I'm using is factoring in the dip last time. But if he had have done last start what he was loosely expected to do, and on, and I'm only then projecting him out to be a standard winner of, say, like a Skyline or a Pago Pago, or is that a Pango Pango? <laughs> but so he was supposed to be one of those horses, and I don't think it was a huge leap to say that he would be one of those horses off the debut. Well, he was winning the slipper. Well, yeah, well, and he'd already won the Blue Diamond by four. So that's not a huge leap to make. And if, if he'd done that, then I'd be saying he's – then I'd just plug that in for, for funsies and I'd be saying he's depots on, $1.75 here. Yeah. So $1.75 and you're getting two sixty plus is – a great bet. But, of course, last start did happen. It did. But it wasn't as bad as all that, was it? And he, it didn't probably go perfectly for him and it just wasn't that bad. I didn't mind the fact that the horse that beat him I think is very good. It doesn't hurt, no. And this camp is renowned for it. Mm. Well, the Don. 
There was one at the oh, – I wish I wrote the name down. There's one at the midweeks this week, the two-year-old, at a very lower level, but had run well in a stakes race on Taboo. Any names jumping at you here? No. And, and then it had dipped out at its second start for Snowden as well, two-year-old, and then it bounced straight back to that to that level. I was like, oh, that's an interesting little pattern. I mean, of course, it's one horse at the midweeks and absolutely clutching to say that King's Gambit will absolutely follow that pattern. That pattern <laughs> but The interesting point for me market-wise in this race is Platinum Jubilee and Fire Lane have raced a few times and you're bold to suggest there's a great deal between them. And one is four forty, one's fourteen dollars, and then Cylinder and Fire Lane met at Newcastle over nine hundred, and there was nothing between them. So either the Fire Lane price is too big, far too big, or the other two are far too short, which hence pushes me more to think two sixty is actually a, a fair bit of a bet. Sadly, I I think I agree with you on all of this. Oh, that's disappointing. It's a real shame, but I, Fire Lane is a a dunno for pricing this race because, as you say. Again, I'm, I show great value on Firelane, but me per, that's but me personally, I don't want it exactly. And that makes me think, well, that's got to go somewhere, and that that somewhere loads across probably to well, I'm saying to King's Gambit potentially. Yep. So yeah, that that's another another little scenario, not necessarily the one that's most likely, but a scenario in there where King's Gambit becomes odds on again and very short, not one to five or one to four short or whatever his <laughs> last start, but short. Mm. So yeah. good, don't know. Good done Well picked. I well, well done-oed. I will be back in King's Gambit on the weekend. So you know something. I know something. You know that much. I know I'm betting. But I could be wrong. That's why it's a done Actually, I mean, I love backing done in general. Yeah. As you know, I like to bet. You like to have a bet when you're backing, when you know what you're betting again. Or when you don't know, it's it's terrifying thought when you think you actually know. Because what you do know is that you don't know, deep down. <laughs> That wouldn't that? be a full Donald Rumsfeld on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the beauty of it, if you you do know and the price seems too big, well then you you're probably wrong, yeah. which also hurts. Yeah, that's Rumsfeld on one shoulder and Socrates on the other, and they're both just staring at you, going, "You know, you, the only thing you know is that you're an idiot. <laughs> you idiot." <laughs> We're staying in Sydney for the Bizarro. We tried to find one down in Melbourne, but your first glance, it all looked pretty in line with what you would expect. Certainly in the features, there's not a bizarre favourite. I don't think. You could say the uh, Parramatta Cup is a feature in Sydney. It's a listed race. Oh, it's a big feature. It's a big feature. This is more your domain than mine. Once we get beyond a mile, that's your specialty. But King Frankel, nice horse. Three of his last four went out on a winning note, but comes up very short in this race against, I would say, established opposition. Yeah, I don't think any of them are necessarily better than... Well, no, no, I'll stand by that. I don't think you would expect any of them to be necessarily better than him on the weekend. So horses like Youth Spirit and things we could say have been absolutely better than him, but not the Youth Spirit we've seen here. No. So optimistic to be worrying about Youth Spirit's form overseas, which would kill these. Um, But he just obviously hasn't settled in. King Frankel has. I think you're right in saying this is a bit of a raffle, isn't it? Yeah. And so to isolate him as the the clear favourite can raise an eyebrow. And when we're scrambling for a Bizarro, you'll mm. do. That'll do. Because he's basically priced up his favourite off winning a nothing race. And that race, at New- that was Newcastle, wasn't it? He beat Cucaracha. He beat Cucaracha, but the finishing speed was 115.3. So the barrier trials lapped them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous. So that's not even a race. 
and he won't get that here. No. So he... And he, first up. Yeah. So he's won, what, three or four last preparation. He's obviously talented. I can... He's fringing away from Bizarre because maybe it's not Bizarre that a trendy winner... is favourite. ...gets picked up as favourite. But it could be a little bit Bizarre that you're going to have a feature favourite off a race as horrendous as that race at Newcastle that he won there last start. And he's first up. Good stable, but... Good stable. Always but he's, a but he's, Hey, he's first up. But it's not like it's J-Mac Waller third up off a peak last start in a real race. This is none of those things. Yep. And there's all... <laughs> The problem you'll find is good luck going and picking the one that should be. <laughs> uh, Banju. We'll see Banju and Irish Legend are both flying. Yeah, that's true. And they're probably appealing enough, aren't they? And they, so Irish Legend makes it a race as well, which is – so that is a completely different test for King Frankel. Well, he's never seen it here. He may love it, but we don't know. When I say never seen it, not at this level. Mm. Banju, as you say, is going really well. Have you got a market up? Yeah, so King Frankel, 390, Banju, 480, Irish Legend, 480, 950, Bonnie Ezra, Sacramento, Raging Bull, Mohican Heights. Hmm. So I'm, I'm spitting them out as Bonnie Ezra, who else, Banju, Irish Legend and King Frankel all basically the same hmm. at the top of the market in a complete raffle. Yep. So I suppose is Bonnie Ezra the one that's showing up a bit for me there? It is. Yep. Tell me about and tell me why. Tell me about Bonnie Ezra. Good run two back behind Mission Phoenix, and then ran in Chalk Streams Australia Day Cup. Yeah, which produced the one three in Hobart. Yep. So form's worked out already. He's pretty solid around that mark. I guess one little niggle is maybe wants a bit of cut in the ground, but then again he's performed well on both surfaces. So yeah, he's a great blowout for the quaddy. Yeah, I make him about as likely as, as any of the others. Chalkstream, who won that race actually, which the figures there are pretty good. Mm. That was a real race. Yeah. He, Chalkstream sneaks down to the Valley on Friday night for the Night Cup, for those interested. I haven't done the race yet, but I saw him in there and I dare say he's a terrific winning chance. Because, again, he comes off a real race there where they actually poured it on and, and had a staying race and that's going to catch a few on the hop down in Melbourne. What's going on there? Although maybe it catches Chalkstream on the hot yeah. wind while Why it just sneaks so back anyway. <laughs> oh, well, that'll be fun on Friday night. Look forward to uh, tuning in to watch Chalkstream get full Nelson back into a slowly run race and wonder what the hell's going on. <laughs> the other features in Sydney, the Hobartville aft cabin, fifty. Don't need to say much more about that race. Too short? Got to be. Yeah, I mean, they're always too short when they're that price, aren't they? Yeah. Well, that's true, yeah. But he lands outside the lead and... He should take care of them. You would think they have to spike significantly, I think, to beat him. But the horses he beat first up will be much better suited at 1,400. So yeah. they do have that in their favour. And the Kiwi comes over who's interesting. But I thought Zoo Tiger was a little bit... I, don't, I suppose it's another one of those ones. I don't know if I necessarily want to back him, but he, he looks potentially a roll the board or two big if uh, Af Cabin goes one way, not the other. And the Millie Fox, Maria Mia, is around even money and on ratings, if she runs up to a form, well, she'll win. So not a lot to talk about in Sydney. Your best bet in Melbourne? I think this is disappointing after our nodding of approval in the King's Gambit race, the Silver Slipper. I think you like my best. Do I? Yeah. Well, that is exciting. See you in heaven? Oh, no. Oh, don't you? No. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, when I say I don't like it, it's... I didn't find it. Ah, okay. I think she's too big there. 
I think little of the – I'm happy enough to be against the Oaks Phillies. I don't think they'll be near their best climbing star. I'm just looking for another good run on the path to the Alexandra. Yep. Tick she, that box. Yeah. Royal Merch, she comes through the really slow race behind Jack and O, so she probably gets a little bit of, hey, Jack and O won the oar pull along, but I'm not – She was well back that day as well. She did run re- – and I should say she ran really well. So Royal Merchant's the one who really looks to – I don't want to say cheated, but I'm going to say cheated there. What, what's it doing there? Yeah. So I ran – Royal Merchant actually comes up as one of the main dangers to see you in heaven on straight numbers and that makes me think see you in heaven's a pretty good bet. She held up well at 1,100, which probably doesn't suit against the older horses first up and when she went to 1,400 and a mile in the spring, her only go at 1,400 and a mile, she was terrific, as good as she's been. And she's been very good and reliably good for quite a while. It's a good two-year-old as well. And she looked like she might have lost her way, but she then got going, as I said, when she went to 1,400, 1,600, so... I don't think the fortune teller's any star, but she beat him and I don't think she'd have to run higher than that level to either of her two, last two, should just about get it done, I think. Or at least leave the others having to take a leap, which I think they're reasonably unlikely to do. I gave Royal Merchant Life when she got beat by Irish Kisses at Ramwick. So it would have no price for me. I guess the scary one for me is obviously Moody's horse. Yeah, all, like all upside and... Again, nice figures and un- and largely untried. So I can see that. That's scary. Yep. She could take the leap and, and leapfrog me, but it's fairly unlikely that they do that. It's There's plenty more Nunthorpes don't yeah. than do. You just remember the ones that do. Mm, so, yeah, see you in heaven just turns up, bangs up a good level and good luck to the rest of them. And I think that wins more than a th- touch more than a third of the time. And that's all I need. Yep. So what price do you have? 280? Uh, more like 260. Spits out, so I'm happy enough to bet there. Actually, the Hayes is interesting as well because elliptical. Is he rates all over. Yeah, them. he's very interesting because he's got all that sort of form. Obviously, the guineas and then the um. Well, the guineas is is a bit washy, but at the same time, that's the form. You know, oh, I don't know about these three year old miles. Well, he's racing the same three year old miles, yeah, um, same horses. There are new ones there. There's some some interesting new ones who will improve. But even his his spring champion run there was terrific and he's obviously now priced up as if he's going to be nowhere near that form because he's back at 1400 he's first up tricky draw blah 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 um so yeah, that's well, why you know it's not a let's get let's go charging and i get the knocks but i love as i said before i love it when you get the knocks mm. i understand what the knocks are but the positive is that he's absolutely good enough isn't he what price in run if he's last oh, surely he's not last he's got black shin as well 14 though that's all right running line running line yeah. Um, he's got a great jockey, and I tell you, who's going better now than they were when he was running 110 odd in the spring? Is his his camp? Yeah, they're starting to heat up. Yeah, so if he was that good when they were falling, you know, hitting the crossbar, yeah, I mean, he was as close as they were getting to anything in the spring, really. You certainly had a spring in your step this morning when you saw a Torius oh. kick down the doors at the trials in Sydney. Here we go. First up, Galaxy, I'd imagine. <laughs> Challenge. <laughs> Surely it's Canterbury Stakes first oh, up. Might you might get they your might dream. switch him back for a 955 try and win a car. <laughs> the, <laughs> Canterbury Stakes, George Ryder, Doncaster, the common sense path, and they actually um, they might even be training him to race. Yeah, on speed, J-Mac made oh. to win the trial. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. exciting. Obviously listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Uh, not even possible. Yeah. Attrition the real deal, do you think? Uh, I, I, there's nothing about attrition that hasn't been well found in that market. I'll, I'll say that much. Very yeah. nice horse. Yeah. Looks more like a, gee, this is a really nice horse. He can measure up in a haze six to one rather than what's he inside three to one. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe, maybe, but it's, and 
as I said, he looks a really nice horse, but what is the market what is the market missing there? Yeah. Good luck marking him shorter than that. I mean Bankmore, same thing as the the Philly, you know, comes through that slow race with Jackano, but he's got the Jackano Warpool and he's actually been quite good in other races. He ran that Sandown race with Elliptical as well, so he ties in there. So I think that's that form's got to be, you know, attrition's got to come up to that form. He looks like he looks made for it, but yeah, screwed down. Your best in Sydney comes up early in the day. You mentioned this race, I think, on the review show a couple of weeks ago. The best maiden Musselbrook we've ever seen, and Insurrection and Economics rematch. Oh. That was the Rodney Northern horse whose name I forget. Black Book It. Ran fourth, hasn't been seen since. It's going to be hard to Black Book It without a name, but trust me. Go to the economics maiden at Musselbrook and find the fourth horse. What is Rocket Rodney Northern doing? So Insurrection beat economics that day and now meets him three kilos better in this race on Saturday. Insurrection returned as a gelding and went like an absolute rocket. And a win of a horse that I was just going to back wherever he went. And thankfully, economics lands in the race, which means Insurrection isn't favourite. And I will be betting up an Insurrection inside draw. He can either lead or just take a sit. I think economics gets cast from that wide draw. There's good speed in this, so he's likely to have to do a bit too much early first up. Only one soft trial. Happy to bet against him. I think if Insurrection runs up to what he did first up, he'll be very, very hard to beat. Well, people don't want very hard to beat, mate. We, we all assume that much. <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> what do you want to say? He'll be winning? You hate when I say that as well. No, just give us a rough like rough probability. Give us that. Oh, I marked him 275. Okay. Well, it should be hard to beat. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to get a blast out, I think Midwest is ready now as well. We've touched on the stable starting to heat up. Friedman all up. Friedman. Fre- the Friedman name is flying now. Absolutely flying. Everything's back in place, back as it should be. Catch the wave. Because yep. that's Michael Friedman, the first one, right? Yep. I tell you what, if Big Bryce wasn't flying, I he's feel like Michael Friedman would be getting more headlines. But mm. he's been usurped by Big Bryce, but he's uh, Bryce flying absolutely airborne. But Michael Friedman is training winners, and he's getting horses to run good figures. Mm. You notice it straight away. Not even yeah. in winners, you notice it in the. No, oh, that was insurrection when he won. It yeah. looked good, and then when you did the ratings, like, oh, hello, yeah. nice three-year-old. But Midwest Tim Clark, I think, is the big switch there. Inside draw leads wins the last. Easy. 